Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. The crime was shocking. We awaken to look at the tree skirt under our Christmas tree, a handmade embroidered felt piece picturing the nativity scene and all the characters. Somehow the depiction of the baby Jesus had been defaced, with little shreds of the holy infant scattered everywhere. Our investigation revealed the teeth marks of Shelby, our dog. For whatever nefarious reason, she had gnawed apart the sequined baby Jesus on Christmas Eve. I'm Larry Payne, your host of the Tracks for the Journey. I use decades of experience as a pastor, chaplain, and professional counselor to bring insights for your well-being. Thanks for joining me in this episode, which I call The Endless Christmas. Even with the chewed-up Jesus, my Christmas spirit somehow survived. And this year, I'll join billions of people to celebrate the Christmas season. We pay homage to the reality that a Jewish baby born around 4 BCE grew to change history. That Jesus lived and taught in ancient Israel is beyond disputing. Yet what it means today for your well-being may not be quite so clear. Shelby found chewing on Jesus relieved some puppy anxiety, I guess. I think we can find some meaning that helps us thrive. The traditional Christian theology holds in simplistic terms that Jesus was a unique hybrid being, both human and divine. The birth legends of Luke describe Mary conceiving without a man by the power of God. This is called incarnation, a unique moment in which God took on flesh. The Gospel of John says it this way, The Word became flesh and lived among us. The Christ hymn of Philippians echoes that idea, that Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness. Quote. Recently, progressive theologians have expanded the truth of Incarnation. And they've done this by recognizing that God's work in the universe goes far beyond one baby in 4 BCE. Such a larger work has profound meaning for how we live today. So let's explore this to discover the endless Christmas story. The first incarnation was the creation and sustaining of the material universe. Progressive process theology teaches that God pervades all of this complex and immense universe. Every energy measurable by science is an expression of divine energy. Thomas Ord writes that just as humans are mental and physical, so is God. We can say this material universe is the clothing of the divine. Father Richard Rohr puts it this way, this self-disclosure of God into physical creation was the first incarnation, 
God joined in unity with the physical universe as the light inside of everything. I think this captures the biblical truth of John 1, which says all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. This foundational unity of the universe tears down the false wall between God and everything else. God is here and now, not up there and outside of time. This first incarnation, 13 billion years ago, means that everywhere you are, God is there, working in infinite creative energy. Even when our life is in chaos, the energy of God is around us for something better. The second incarnation can be found in the emergence of consciousness. On our planet billions of years ago, simple creatures began to act with a degree of agency for their survival. The evolutionary process brought what some scientists are calling unlimited associative learning, meaning that a creature can consciously act, remember, and apply knowledge. In developing this way, creatures reflected the universal consciousness of God. Like God in the material universe, humans are a complex organism with millions of interacting entities collaborating towards a purpose. The second incarnation enables creatures with consciousness to connect to God, others, and transcendent meaning. Because of this incarnational work, you're learning something at this very moment. Maybe you're planning gifts to be given or hungering for some peppermint fudge. You can even be glad you're listening to Tracks for the Journey. At this point, you may ask me, I thought this episode was about Christmas. Well, I'm glad that you asked. The third incarnation is focused on that baby in Bethlehem. The life of Jesus brought a new dimension of incarnation, uniting his collaborative volition completely with the work of God. In the words of Scripture, Jesus emptied himself, as we heard a moment ago, and this allowed him to become a God-filled man, embracing fully the divine mission of love and redemption. His willing sacrifice of love brought Jesus a spirituality and cosmic power which will never be repeated. Rohr writes perceptively, Instead of saying that God came into the world through Jesus, it would be better to say Jesus came out of an already Christ-soaked world. Emerging from death on Easter in a new evolution of matter, Jesus can truly be called the only Son, Himself, God, as John proclaims. This Christmas incarnation unlocks dimensions of divine life for us that had never been possible. Through fidelity to God, we can be transformed. We can thrive in ways that build personal and community well-being by following the lifestyle of Jesus. Fanny Lou Hammer lived the lifestyle of Jesus. She led the black residents of Mississippi to claim their constitutional voting rights decades ago. This child of a sharecropper suffered tremendous physical maltreatment, murder attempts, jail, and vicious public attacks. To raise up a generation that would strike down the oppression of Southern whites in the 1960s. How could she do it? Her faith in Jesus was a mighty energy of vision and resilience. 
she knew God was on the side of justice and freedom, even through the bloody fight for rights in the South. She said, you can pray until you faint, but if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. Her story and her testimony of millions like her let us know the work of God continues in what I call the fourth incarnation. This became real at Pentecost, where the energy of God infused the disciples with a dynamic new meaning of life. Each of them sensed they were connecting with God at their deepest being, surrendering to a divine presence within. This action was a starting point that continues in our lives today. This fourth incarnation is described by the Apostle Paul as the Spirit of God, quote, dwelling in you, end quote. And as we turn toward the way of God, we become a channel for continuing expression of the divine in our corner of the world. As a father is inseparably within a child, so God is within us, embracing us as the divine children. Mallory Wickoff writes, God has never been stingy with God's self. Rather, God is willing to reside within bodies. This is the work of God now, bringing incarnation in you and in me and billions of others. Talk about thriving with well-being. Every day can be a wonderland of life with the divine interwoven in our daily experience. Moving on in our study of the endless Christmas, we can experience this even more. With the fifth incarnation, we hold the deep hope that God does have more in store, that ultimately the love energy that pervades the universe will lure every creature towards maximum wholeness and unity. The physical universe, cosmologists say, is expanding. Yeah, and according to the Bible, there will become a day when God gathers up everything in Christ. The Christ of Revelation says, Behold, I'm making all things new. We can believe in the universal redemption that will be marked by human solidarity, united spirituality, ecological health, and perhaps even a highly evolved humanity. The cosmos will be in perfect harmony with God and our well-being perfectly affected. As Bruce Epperly writes, we will be creators with God of our future and the realm of shalom. Incarnation will be complete as the omega phase becomes reality. We can't comprehend how the creatures and humans who have existed across billions of years and billions of galaxies will exist in a living organism of love. But we can try to believe that, can't we? Let me summarize by saying the five incarnations actually are one single continuous process in which the all-pervasive love of God energizes the universe for abundant life. What we call Christmas has existed since the beginning and will carry on to the end, God ever incarnate in all things. You and I are included in this divine work. And I can say it even includes our dear departed dog Shelby, who disrespected the baby Jesus years ago. So, Merry Christmas, now and endlessly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tracks for the Journey. 
please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast, and that will help me to spread the message. I certainly do want to expand this work, so your financial support is appreciated also. You can give a small gift through the website buymeacoffee.com slash Larry Payne, and that will further the work. If you want more information about my work, you can open my website, tracksforthejourney.com. From this website, you can link to and listen to any of the more than 50 episodes on a huge variety of subjects. Links to transcripts of every broadcast can be found there also. I welcome you to share any feedback you have on the Tracks for the Journey Facebook page, or just mail me directly at trackspodcast at mail.com. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio, all rights reserved. Hosting is by buzzsprout.com. Music and images are from pixabay.com. Keep exploring on your journey to well-being.